my name is Michael McMaster, and this is my podcast called An Open Mind, that every now and again I get to record. <laughs> I get emails, when's the next one, when's the next one? <laughs> um, so I've been thinking about what to think about or what to say, and um, hmm. so I want to tell a story. Um, you know, <laughs> I think it probably relates more to women than it does to men. But as we become older, we seem to become obsessed with how we look, right? And, you know, different cultures don't have to worry about it. More Indian cultures don't have to worry about it. You know, uh, maybe Asian, you know, they don't get lines on their face. But, um, oh, I just remembered something I wanted to say. <laughs> anyway, so, um, so I want to tell you this story. So I'm going to tell two, actually, that relates to this stuff. And um, it's interesting. Years ago, I had this woman come and see me. She wanted to talk to me. And I looked at her and I noticed that she sort of looked ageless to me. And I kept looking at her. I'm going, and it's not so much the face. It was also the feeling that she gave off, you know, because all of us give off energy. And, and a way to sort of prove that to yourself is that I'm sure you've walked past people and they have this like dark feeling to them you know, and so you go, oh, you know, and that's energy coming off the person. So every one of us gives off energy and you can become good at reading it, you know, if you sort of, you know, be relaxed and sort of be calm, you know, you can sort of pick up on these things and read people's energy. I mean, it sounds bizarre, but the most, you know, say the most blatant example is somebody who is, you know, dark kind of thing, if you know what I mean. And I'm sure you've come across people who are sort of angelic in how they are. And because, you know, the skin's the skin, the eyes are the eyes. But it's the energy that comes off people that, that sort of tells you who they are. I, <laughs> um, you know, I'll get emails about this. I don't listen so much to people's words. I go more by the feel I get from them. Because the feeling tells me the truth. You know, like I said, see, I'm getting off topic now that intuition is God's compass for you. So if you want to know the truth about anything, listen to your intuition. Even though your intuition might be quite contrary to what's being said to you or what the situation is, and I've had that happen many times, where I've had a feeling about something, oh, you know, I think it's this, and in the face of reality, it doesn't look that way, but I know that if I just wait, that it's right. Anyway. So that's that, right? Okay, so let me go back to the other thing. Anyway, so this woman, she had this ageless feeling. And look, so I said to her, if you don't mind me asking, <laughs> how old are you? And she says, I don't know. I said, hmm, but you have a birth date, right? And she goes, well, she said, I was born in a country where birth dates don't matter. And this happened to be more in the Middle East, right? And I said, so, okay, if they don't matter, um, how did you know when to go to school? And she said, by my height. And I go, hmm. So I said to her, but you're here in America. I said, what do you have on your driver's license? She said, something I made up. And that bizarre. So she could have been 35. She could have been 45. She could have been 40. Who knows? She doesn't know, but she had this ageless look about her. So, you know, time goes on 
and then I had some other people who wanted to come and talk to me and I started to see the same thing and I said to them um, you know they didn't come as a group individual people over time I said you don't know your birthday do you and I remember this woman saying no and I said I bet you were born in one of these countries where birthdays don't matter she said yes and I said the same thing. It was how high, how tall you were as you went to school. I said, yes. And so I said, okay, so what about here in America? What's on your driver's license? She said, something I made up. And so it's so remarkable because age is determined by your environment in how you look and the energy that you give off. Now, <laughs> this is going to sound bizarre, right? Um, I have no concept of age. I have no concept of a lot of things, right? But especially age, because I never associated with people, believe it or not, when I was growing up, up until the age I am now, that were I was consistently with the same person, other than my wife that I was with for 30 years, but we sort of thought the same way. And she looked really young because her um, genes and her family on a certain side of the family made her look that way. So she didn't have this aging process. So it wasn't like I was looking at her and saying, okay, like, you look 40, Okay, you look 47 in three months. No, right? So I had so many people come through my life. I never got fixed, say, environmentally with a group of people who were aging. And so, I mean, I feel as young as can be. I'm in my 60s. I have the energy of a 30-year-old because I'm not stereotyped into something. Because belief, I've said this before, belief creates how your body is. And I've had people like women who say who are like 40 and they married somebody, some guy who's 65. Do you know what happens? The woman becomes like the older man. They age into it because that's the environment. You become your environment. Do you see? So if you're... <laughs> Oh, I'm going to get into trouble for this. If you're around a lot of older people who talk about aches and pains and everything, that's what's going to happen to you. If you're around people who don't believe in that stuff and believe in becoming younger or whatever, that's what's going to happen to you. Now, the body naturally becomes older because we believe it, you know, but you can contain or maintain the same vitality into your 90s or 100. So, I've met a few women like this, and they look the same as this ageless quality. So if you're obsessed about becoming old and, you know, you don't want to contribute to the multi-billion dollar cosmetic industry that supposedly keeps you looking young, well, then don't think about age. So you might say, well, Michael, <laughs> how would one reverse this if one does this? Believe you're young. Remember, you become your environment, the environment in your mind and the environment that's around you. Believe you are younger, right? Become your... Look, I do it. <clears throat> I had somebody say to me the other day, you look younger. Little did I tell them that I'd been, you know, creating this feeling of youthfulness within my body, like feeling it. And so this person picked up on it. Do you see? So practice that, right? Because I have women friends who become obsessed about this. Not every couple of months, every moment of the day, right? So what are you going to learn here? That 
your environment will actually create how you're going to age, right? The second thing is, right, get rid of the age thing in your head. Take 20 years off your life. Like if you're 65, believe you're 45. You know it'll start to happen? Remember I've said this to you. Consciousness creates the body. The body just doesn't blah, blah, blah itself, right? The consciousness of what you are, what you think about, and what you feel is creating your body all the time. I've said this before. When we talk here, when I talk, <laughs> um, for like five minutes, 100 billion cells die in your body and they get renewed. And they get renewed based upon what you believe, right? So if you believe in a sense of wellness and a sense of being young, you'll start to become that. Do not put yourself around people who believe in illness and aging because you will become that. It subconsciously goes in there. So I want to say something else too um, about this. And I have no clue what I'm going to talk about after this, right? So, another story, right? I had a friend in Australia and um, uh, who passed away from cancer. It's the most bizarre story in how I lost contact with her and how I ended up finding contact with her. Anyway, that's one of these things where, you know, I believe that the universe interacts in our life every day and is sending us messages every day about sort of maybe what we need to know or something that we might need to understand. This happens all the time, and I could do a whole podcast on that, and maybe I will. Right, so anyway, I she's in Australia, and she's dying from cancer, uh, stomach cancer, I believe. And a friend of hers was with her the whole time, and she was at home when she was going to pass over, and so her friend would email me, right? what was going on. This is about 12 years ago. And so two remarkable things. My friend was probably minutes away from death in terms of 20 minutes. And she's saying to this woman, and this woman's emailing me this in real time. She said, Leanne just said that she doesn't feel like she's dying. And I emailed the woman back. I said, because she's not. I said, it's the body that's dying, not the spirit. Do you see? So, and I've heard this from other people as well. So it's the body dies, not the spirit. And it was complexing to her because she knew that she was minutes away from dying. Yet she had this feeling of being alive and perfectly okay. The spirit, right? The spirit doesn't die. You go on. And I can do another whole podcast on that, right? <clears throat> we go to what it's like, all this kind of thing, right? But here's the other remarkable thing. So she passed away, you know, 20 minutes, half an hour later. And so this woman um, emailed me and she said, you know, after she passed away, she said, looking at her face, she said she looked like the Madonna. There was not a line on her face. And so I wrote this woman back and I said, the reason why that is, is because the brain, you know, we all have stress. Even I do. <laughs> At certain times, with certain people, right? Um, but the brain, we have stress, right? 
And what happens, you know, we clinch when we have stress. You know, our body becomes tight. You know, sometimes it's, um, you know, our muscles and everything, we become tight. One of the things that it does, that's what creates a lot of the lines in our face. It's actually the stress tightening the muscles that creates the creases in our face. So do you know what happens? As soon as you die, or say as soon as the body stops working, I like that better, right? Is that the brain is not sending signals anymore of stress and tightness and everything to the body, so the body just lets go. And basically the, the face just smooths out. Right? And so you look like, you know, you're 20 years younger, 30 years younger. So you might say, now, Michael, how could we achieve that before we die? Well, that's a good question. <laughs> it's possible. Of course it's possible. You know, I um, practice meditation anywhere from, my times vary, but let's say in two and a half hours to four hours a day. And I look very young for my age, I might admit. And I can tell how better I look by basically two things, how much sleep I've got and how much stress I don't have in my body. And my face becomes perfectly lineless because I don't have that stress that's, you know, whatever to my face and whatever. Do you see? And so it's a meditation. I'm actually going to record this meditation. I have it recorded already, but I don't like it. And I'm going to put it online. I'm going to sell it, right? Because I'm going to talk about some other things with that as well. So that state of being relaxed, you know, when people go away, you know, I don't know, where would they go here? Hawaii or someplace. And they come back, oh, you look so wonderful, so much younger. Yes, you know, because you didn't have the same stress as you did living in Southern California, paying the, uh, what do they call it here? The gas prices here. Right, so you have less stress, do you see? So I've just given you a formula for looking ageless, okay? Don't put yourself around people who are aging. Mm -hmm. People who complain of things all the time. Mm -hmm. Do some kind of meditation or get the stress out of your life. And what will happen is that the lines will start to go off your face. Do you know how much money you will save? <laughs> of course, women never tell their husbands how much they spend on stuff, you know. But anyway, you will save a lot. Enough to go away for a vacation and enjoy it and become back and look even younger. Right? So, so those two things. Um, what else do I want to talk about? Mm. I don't know. <laughs> Um, anyway, you know, I, I practice these things. I, I, it's so interesting how we stereo, stereotype ourselves into things. You know, um, nothing really matters. I have this friend of mine, <laughs> and she'll say to me, like it's, like it's important, you know. And so I'll look like, mm, oh, this is important. Mm -hmm. And then I'll say to her, mm -hmm. you know, it doesn't matter. <laughs> she starts laughing because it doesn't matter. Nothing matters. Right? We put a sense of important upon thing, importance upon things that don't matter. Right? Don't matter. Right? What matters the most? You know, and, and I could get into this huge um, philosophical question as to why we are here on Earth. And I've probably talked about it in previous, I was going to say lifetimes, which is probably true. Right, um, previous podcasts is that we're here to have fun. Oh my God, what a foreign concept. 
We're here to have fun. Do you know who gets it? Children. Because children are not stereotyped by stupid adults yet. You know, okay, we're going to be serious about this here. You know, um, you didn't eat your peas. You know, yeah, right. Okay, so, you know, so we're meant to have fun here. I have a lot of fun. You know, I, I have this saying, it's really weird. My friend that I talked to has the same saying. I say it's fun being me. And it is. I get to do wonderful things. I get to do this. Talk to all you people, you know, all around the world there, you know, do a bunch of other stuff. Because what I did was, and I took risks and chances, believe me, because I sort of do that kind of thing. <clears throat> a lot of them work. Some of them didn't. But you learn from it, right? So I've said this before. The things I have in my life are the things that have a sense of spirituality, a sense of beauty, and a sense of purpose. I don't have anything else in my life that doesn't contain those things. In a lot of ways, even though I don't like saying it, my life is wonderful. It wasn't always like that. Believe me, I've learned all this stuff and had some pretty hard knocks, right, to make me sort of realize some certain things. But I've created my life like that. Anybody can do it. Anybody can do it, right? Focus on what's important to you, whatever it may be. Say you want to learn to play guitar, do it. Say you want to learn martial arts, do it. Do it. So put things in your life that have a sense of purpose. If you're going to be here, look, let me tell you this other story. Right. So, you know, I've seen lots of people come to see me in my lifetime for whatever. Right. And they're all ages, you know, 50, 70, 12. Hmm. <laughs> people in coffins, <laughs> whatever, right? And this is the thing that made me wake up to about what life is really about and what it all is. And then I had to put it all together, that kind of thing, you know. I'd have people come and see me with these problems. And I've said this before, that these problems have existed in their life for a long, long time. And, and, they're, and they're tortured by them, you know. I know it could have been a problem that happened 10 years ago. And so they'd be sort of describing it to me. And um, and I'd say to them, hmm, where exactly does this problem exist? And they just like look at me because they're sitting there with me. So it's not like the problem came in the door with them, you know, kind of thing. And they'd look at me and I'd say, do you realize that the problem only lives in your head because you choose to keep it there. And so you allow that to make you miserable for decades. And it could be anything. You know, it could be uh, my next door neighbor killed my plants. So you carry that around for 20 years, like whatever. So the thing I learned, I saw so many people die with the same frustrations that they've had for 20 years or 10 years or a year or a lifetime. You know, my parents didn't treat me right. 
So I'm going to suffer with this for the rest of my life. This is what I would see. And like I said, I would see people die with the same frustrations that they've had for decades. And I'd say to them, because they're all ages, some of them knew me for 10 years, you know, some for 30 years, didn't matter. I would say to them, you know, time runs out, whether you like it or not, and whether you're prepared for it or not, it runs out. So I made a decision um, a while ago, six years ago, seven years ago. I was not going to live the same way. I was not going to die with the frustrations or whatever they were that I had. I let him go. I let him go. And I'm very, very happy. And I'll tell you something about life. Because, you know, I approach life from a spiritual point of view, not from a man-made point of view. It's so limited. Right? I approach it, approach it from a spiritual point of view. If you live in a state of harmony with yourself, everything else in your life will become harmonized with you. Everything will flow with you. Right? I've said this so many times. The outer world is a reflection of the inner world. What goes on in your life is a reflection of what goes on inside of you. So if you live within a peace, you create a sense of peace with inside of you and a sense of joy. You can be joyful for no reason. You don't have to have reasons for things. I have no reasons for anything. Even my existence. <laughs> no reasons for anything. Why? Drives people nuts. Um, why is he so happy? He has no reason to be happy. Exactly. Because I love the emotion of it. I love the joy that it brings me. It's hard for people to do that because we're so guilt-ridden, you know, with everything that goes on in our life and everybody else and what people do to us and don't do to us. For a whole week, practice just being joyful. Hmm? See what happens. You'll be amazed. You know, I've said this before, you know, I send love out to everything, Ooh, like this. <clears throat> and the love harmonizes my life out there, so it sort of solves the little problems that I might have, whatever they may be. And this is how it works. I don't even know why I'm talking about this. But anyway, so, yes, do you see? So don't enjoy this. Nothing really matters. The only things that matters are the things that we give a sense of importance to. Or what we're told is important. But usually what we're told is important is somebody else's idea of something that they want. Hmm? Be important to yourself. Love yourself. I know this spiritually. If you were to love yourself so completely, every problem that you have in your life would disappear. How do you love yourself? You just do it. And some people will say, well, that's so conceited, you know, <clears throat> that's this, that's that. Mm -hmm. Whatever, live in misery then, right? 
Learn to love yourself. Learn to find a sense of peace, a sense of joy. And what happens is that when you have that mindset or that emotion, you bring people into your life that will love you, who mean it, who mean it, because that becomes a reflection of you. You'll bring people in your life that bring you a sense of joy and who mean it. We have so many relationships with people that are so false because they're usually based upon what other people want from you. Like, they, they want this. I, I'm astonished by this. You know, I, you know, I was married for a long time and had a wonderful wife. I mean, wonderful wife, right? No doubt about it. And so there was a genuineness there and there was an integrity that existed within it, right? So, and then I get out from that and I go out into the so-called dating world. I'm astonished by what I've found, by the lack of sincerity, the lack of integrity or whatever, right? Do what I've said and you'll attract the people into your life that will bring those qualities to you. I can see I'm way over on the time. Oh my God. I had nothing to talk about when I started this. All right, so that's my podcast for <laughs> today. I'm going to say today. I am working towards doing them every week, yes. <laughs> anyway, so thank you for listening. I mean, this podcast goes all around the world, and there are people in a lot of countries that listen to it. It's a great honor for me to be able to share what I know, to give maybe somebody some hope or some understanding in something that I know that it works. Because I'm going to tell you something. I have this written on my board here. Mm-hmm. Everyone has something to contribute to humanity. Every person on this planet, in some way or another, contributes to humanity. Even if it's somebody saying good morning to somebody to brighten their day, They've just contributed to humanity because that in itself said, you know, like a butterfly, butterfly effect, that makes that person happy. Then they're happier to the next person. Do you see? We all contribute to humanity in all different ways, and it's all valid because it's all needed. Thank you.